Welcome, my real wellness friend, to episode 58, where we're talking about my 10 favorite favorite ways to make wellness habits easier. You want to transform your life, to take care of your body, to strengthen your mind, and you want to do it in a way that fits your real lifestyle. Real wellness is for you. I'm Sherry Traxler, a transformation mentor, national speaker, and author, and I'm here to help you unlock your capacity to be do and have all you want. Join me every week for the proven principles and the strategies that actually work in your real life. It is so exciting that you are here investing in yourself today. Pat yourself on the back. This is where you belong. Welcome to Real Wellness. Last week, I talked about the secret in the sand, the lesson of how when you're walking on the beach and it's really, really hard and it's just that's the way it is, how to lean into that and how to mentally, emotionally and physically relate to that. But I ended the episode with the fact that you don't want it to be hard. Hard is not the goal. So we want to make your journey as easy as we can, and that's what today is about. These are, and I'm saying these are my favorite 10, and they're my favorite because, number one, they work. Number two, I do them all at some level in some way, and they are also the ones that come up often with my clients, depending on people's situations. So in this, we're going to be talking about nutrition, exercise, wellness in like meditation, breathing techniques, stress management, that type of thing, and also sleep, because those are really four pillars for you to have your greatest wellness and your greatest energy so that you can get ahead, get ahead faster, achieve all that you want to achieve, be with all the people that you want to be with and have all that you want in your life. Yeah, you need all that energy and you need these things going on, but you need them to be easy. You need them to have as little effort as possible so that you've got the bandwidth to do all these things that you want to do. Depending on where you are and what your season is, different ones of these, say in nutrition, are appropriate for you right now. Others might be appropriate another time. So I'm saying all of that to say all 10 of these, you do not need to implement all of them right now. Pick and choose which ones work for you at this moment in your life. Number one, Pack your gym clothes for the week. If you are somebody who exercises at a gym, packing your gym clothes every night for the next day can work for some people, but I found for me and many of my clients that if you, in your bag, you pack everything for the week, you have reduced all that friction of, I'm tired at night, I don't feel like packing stuff for in the morning, and then the next morning you're rushed and you don't have time to... Uh, just And it's either packing the gym clothes or if you are getting ready at the gym, go ahead and have all of your work outfits put together in your closet so you don't have to think. The more that you can prep ahead of time so you're not having to think, the better. And I go into this a little bit more detail in creating an environment to build Better Habits. It's a YouTube video that I created a couple of years ago, and I will link that in the show notes for you. So that's number one. Number two, along with exercise, is keeping the gear with you. And here's what I mean by that is if you are someone who wants the option to go for a quick walk at lunch, keep your walking shoes and your socks at your desk. 
have one, you know, like have a pair in your gym bag, have a pair at your desk. I also keep a pair in my car at all times so that if I'm driving by a park and I've got a few extra, this happened to me recently. In fact, I was in between meetings, things ended early, another one wasn't going to start for later. And I had a few minutes and I was just happened to be by a park that had a lot of shade and it was a hot day. It's like, oh, this is great. I've got my walking shoes in the car. I can go. So yes, it does mean investing in a couple of pairs of walking shoes, but they're going to last you. So get them. And also keep dumbbells at your desk. You can even do, you know, just a little bit of something here and there, or you don't even have to have dumbbells at your desk. Just if you've got your walking shoes at your desk, you can slip off your dress shoes, slip on your walking shoes and do some squats, do some leg lifts, not on the floor, but standing, you know, you know what I mean, that just basically get up and move and have the gear that you need to get up and move. Number three, this we're shifting into some nutrition tips, some of my favorite on this. This came up recently with several clients who are having, they have teenagers and children who are in sports during the week in the evenings. And the dilemma is, okay, well, getting, you know, eating dinner at four o'clock doesn't work. But by the time we get home from games, it's eight or eight thirty and that's too late to cook. So they have they have had previously in their minds this, you know, powerful plate, which I do recommend, but a powerful plate in the sense of, you know, a grilled chicken and a veggie and a, you know, baked potato or what. And they're not going to have that at the game. So they try to have it afterwards and then they end up being up too late and it impacts their sleep. And we don't want to do that either. So their solutions have been sandwich type of meals. And like one client, she does, she can take veggies with her, like, you know, a veggie tray type stuff. And then she can get a burger at the, you know, and, and people are like, Sherry, you're talking about nutrition and you're saying get a burger at the ball game. Yes, it's a burger. It's protein and fat and carb. And then you have your veggie on the side. Now you have a powerful plate. And it's all about making the best of the situation you're in. Another client started, didn't do that, but started making sandwiches to take on the game nights. So whatever situation you are, don't think it has to look a particular way. Make some sandwiches for game night or some version of a sandwich. Number four is batch cooking. This one is a standard that a lot of people know about, but not everybody uses. And if you are not using this, it makes life so much easier. So in one go, batch cook all of your potatoes, rice, whatever kind of starch that you're going to use for the week. Also go ahead and cook, pre-cook chicken, fish, meat, whatever you're doing on that. You can grill it out, cook it in the, uh, in your oven. That was, you know, technical words, technical words really trip me up, you know, like ovens. Anyway, so with that, then you can also just keep a couple of boxes of salad in your fridge. So if you don't have time for anything else, you can still have a powerful plate. In a, re, in a I almost say even recent, it was a couple of years ago, a YouTube video I did, no, it was last year, on how to eat um, healthy when or how to create healthy meals and easy meals when you're too tired to cook. And I'll link that in the show notes as well. And it's got several examples, including that one. Number five is having three to four weeks of a menu and grocery plan in rotation. This has been a game changer for me, and it's been a game changer for a lot of clients. And in fact, I will offer to you 
something that I normally only give to my clients is my week's template for menu planning and grocery planning. If you want a copy of that, that then you can edit for your own grocery store wherever you wherever you shop. Just email me, sherry at theveriolife.com, and I will get that bonus to you. So here's what you do with this, is you take this menu plan, and you plan out in detail, and you make the grocery list for that menu plan, and that's week one. Then you do the same thing the second week, and you do the same thing the third week. And if your family really likes a lot of variety, you do it for the fourth week. And that's it. You're done for that season. And then you just go back to week one. You save the sheets. You save the plan. And even if you don't do this on paper, maybe you do it in an app. Maybe you do it in your notes app. But just have it broken out where this is week one, week two, week three, possibly week four. And you just rotate. And now you've got your grocery list already made out. And all you have to do is determine, oh, am I out of some staple that's in the pantry? Number six, this is some of my clients do this all the time because it is what works for their lifestyle. Other clients, they do this during seasons. And that is hire a chef. There's no people think, oh, if I hire a chef, it's going to be, you know, something I've got to commit to long term. No, you can do it. Let's say you've hit a like my one of my cousins has a a son getting married. It's a super busy season for them right now. That's the type of season that even if you don't hire a chef all the time, maybe there's a couple of months that you do. And it's going to make life so much easier because this is about reducing friction so that healthy eating, exercise, living is so much easier. So that is an option for you all the time, anytime you need it. Shifting gears, now let's talk about stress management. One of the biggest things that will help you with stress management short-term and long-term is breathing exercises, aka meditation. If you don't like if if you don't like the woo-woo concept of meditation, which some of my clients don't, just think of it as breathing exercises to bring down your cortisol, to bring down your adrenaline, to reset that parasymp to kind of activate that parasympathetic nervous system and calm you down. One of the things that gets in the way of that is, okay, well, it's time for me to meditate. And I've got, you look at your watch and like, okay, I've got 10 minutes to do this. This is my block of time to do this. And now you start scrolling through YouTube or start scrolling through a meditation app of which one am I in the mood for? Now, suddenly I've only got seven minutes left to meditate. And can you tell I've ever done this? Pick, just like you pick out an outfit for the next day, just like you do any kind of prep, or maybe you want to do the same meditation all week long, so maybe it's a Sunday night that you do this, pick out the meditation ahead of time. That way, when it's time to meditate, you do not have another decision to make. You don't have the friction of thinking about all of that. You just hit play, and then you sit down for your five minutes or 10 minutes or 15 or whatever and do your meditation. Along those same lines of picking your meditation ahead of time, number eight is picking a spot, selecting a specific spot to meditate. And this is important. Number one, it's important for your brain because environment triggers us. So if you know this is where I meditate all the time, this chair, this corner in my office, this wherever it is. When you pick that spot and you always go there, after a while, your brain begins to associate that place with peace 
And so every time you go there, you automatically begin resetting your sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system. The other thing is you can tell the people in your home, and Doug and I have done this where I've told Doug, if you see me here, this is where I'm either meditating or praying or doing something that unless you really, really need me, unless it's a crisis, I need to be left alone. You know, so maybe there's maybe you're blessed enough that there's a room in your house that you can do that. If there's not a room that you can totally dedicate to that, maybe it's a closet, maybe it's a closet that's seldom used, maybe it's a particular chair, a corner of a room. Maybe there's an area of a room that then you can put one of those three-fold um, block things. Um, I forget what they're called. I have one and I can't think of what they're called, but they're a room divider type thing that you can do just to visually take away whatever is coming in. You know, it won't block noise, but it'll block visual from anybody walking by. So communicate that to your household that this is my meditation spot and I need to be left alone. Switching to sleep now, this has been my absolute number one favorite tip for clients and for myself. Number nine is getting ready for bed before you chill. So you finish dinner, you've cleaned up from dinner, and now you're going to go chill for a little while. Read a book, watch a TV show, whatever. And then you're half asleep on the sofa. Your eyes are getting heavy. You're yawning and you're thinking, it's time for me to go get ready for bed now. And that feels painful. Well, in last episode, we talked about how things that are painful, we tend to avoid. And so it's like, oh, I'll get up in a few minutes. Maybe I'll, fig maybe I'll feel like getting up in a few minutes. I remember as a kid, I would be sitting at the kitchen table experiencing this. And what I had to keep telling myself was, it's not going to get any easier, Sherry. Get up and get ready for bed. It's not going to get any easier. Get up and get ready for bed. The solution is to help you get to bed on time is you've had dinner, you've straightened the kitchen, whatever whatever your thing is before you go relax, first thing you do is go get ready for bed. You know, maybe you don't brush your teeth quite yet or whatever, but at least you're changed and the bed is unmade and whatever other things you need to do, they're done. So that then when that sleepy hits you, all you have to do is get up off the sofa and go crawl into bed and go right off to sleep. The other thing I have found this helps with is keeping me sleepy. A couple of years ago, I was going through a lot of sleep deprivation issues, and I was in a heightened, my cortisol and adrenaline, all that was in a heightened state. So I would get sleepy. And then by the time I got up and got, you know, did my little 15 minute, whatever, get ready for bed routine, now I'm suddenly alert again. And then it's hard to get sleepy again and get back to sleep. So this way, you're already ready for bed and you just drift off into la-la land in your bed. Okay, number 10, you know that I can't leave this one out because this is the crux that solves all these others. And that is hire a specific coach. What do I mean by specific? If sleep is what you are struggling with, hire a sleep coach. If nutrition, intuitive eating is what you're struggling with, hire certified intuitive eating counselor, of which I am one. 
If you are struggling with stress management and meditation and things like that, I can help you with a lot of those things. If this is something where you're needing some professional help and profession, I'm professional, but professional in the help of uh, professional in the sense of a therapist, professional in the sense of a counselor, like a licensed counselor, there's some things going on that you need to, to deal with. Hire that. Hire the help that you need. You will get where you need to go faster and easier with not only the accountability, but also the guidance and the experience of somebody who's been there, done that themselves, and been there, done that with hundreds of people before. So that is number 10. My favorite way to make wellness habits easier is hire a specific coach. Thank you so much for being here. Email me, sherry at theverialife.com. Let me know what of these 10 are a favorite for you that you are going to implement this next week. Look forward to talking with you next week. Thank you for joining me and investing in yourself today. Who else do you know who needs to hear this? Share this episode with a friend. And until next time, find your path to real wellness and fulfill your potential.